Heli Nation version 3.0. Oh my God, we're back. And I am pleased to introduce the new crew. Some of them you might recognize. One of them anyway, Rob Boyd. Yo, what's happening? Rob, it's nice to have you back. Nick Wisdom. What's going on, guys? Some of you guys might recognize that name. Pretty pretty uh, active in the community. So excited to have you guys with us. Um, I, you know, I can't believe we're back. It's been it's been a long time coming. I've been thinking about it for quite some time. And Rob, of course, was with us on version two for the first 30 or so episodes. And I got in touch with Nick and I said, dude, I like what you do. Let's uh, let's see about making a version three. So here we are. And here it goes. So we're going to talk about first initially what we've been up to. And there's going to be lots of episodes to kind of talk about what's happened between version two and version three and my changes, but we're going to kind of keep it all about the helis. I would like to give Rob and both Nick a chance to tell them, introduce yourselves to the audience, because a lot of the folks already know my boring story, right? So Nick, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, your hobby, and, and, um, and dude, we're super excited to have you here. I'm super excited to be here. Honestly, I still can't quite believe it's happening. Um, <laughs> was a big fan of RCHN 2.0 for sure, uh, and was uh, you know was super excited when you reached out. But uh, yeah, man, a, a little bit about me. I've been in the RC hobby just about my whole life in one shape or form. Uh, started with RC cars way back in the day with my dad building like a Tamiya Blackfoot RC car. Uh, my dad was an electrical engineer, so we uh, we literally built our first NICAD charger uh, from scratch, from electrical components, and he taught me to solder and, and all kinds of stuff. So anyway, planted the seed really early on, and later in life I got into uh, thermal duration sailplanes, flew and competed with three-meter sailplanes and hotliners and electrics, and then, you know, like most of us, life takes over for a while and you fall out of the hobby, and... Uh, my wife, uh, for Christmas, she knew a little bit about my RC past, got me this cheap coaxial Amazon helicopter, right? And uh, like many of us, uh, this little cheap $25, you know, infrared controlled helicopter was uh, was the gateway, right? That's what led to me going, well, you know, I really wanted to get back into RC and now I have a little more funds and time and uh, one thing yeah. led to another. I went through you know, a series of micro helicopters and then, you know, my first collective pitch, I went kind of the micro route, you know, sort of a bunch of blade little stuff and then uh, moving into an M2 and a Blade 230S and then the XL Power 550. And then the rest from there is kind of history. I've uh, built a, you know, I don't know, 10 or 12 helis at this point. I, uh, I, I churn through helis to a fault. Like I love building. So I'm constantly rotating my fleet, you know, selling stuff, getting bored with stuff. And, and I'm not really bored with the helicopter. In fact, I'd be a much better pilot if I would just stick to one. <laughs> but uh, that's, <laughs> that's not really in the cards. So now I have uh, three 700s 
and uh, two 550s and a micro. And uh, yeah, so uh, I've got a good size fleet. A little and, more specific, uh, please. Tell, tell 700 what? What do you got? So right now I have a Spectre 700 V2, uh, but I'm definitely eyeing the next Maxwell edition. We'll talk about that one a little bit later. Uh, I have a RAW 700, the Stormtrooper edition. It's a little bit of a fun themed RAW I put together. And uh, I have a RAW Puma in a box that I'm probably saving for a winter build. And then uh, I've got a Nimbus 550 and a RAW 580 on uh, 610mm blades. And then I've got a Goose Guy uh, S2 Micro Heli I've been playing with lately uh, as well. And I want to get an OMBM to Evo uh, and compare those two. Maybe we'll talk about that in the future. But uh, that's the current fleet right now. Two, two, two things. First of all, now you have recorded proof that when you need to talk to the judge in several years, you can say, well, look, my wife's the one that got me into this hobby. I don't know why she wants a divorce now. <laughs> she started it. Right. And, and unlike myself and Rob, you have a fleet of current helis, <laughs> not obsolete, <laughs> old helis. That's neither here nor there. That'll change. That'll change. I, you know, I honestly hope at some point that I, I settle into a fleet and I stop rotating it because I really do want to improve as a pilot. Uh, well, but I'm just I hear so that. Fun. I did. I did the same thing when I first started, and and to be honest, it kind of got to the point where I was starting to get a little bit bored of building. Now I like to build helis, but within the first year of being in the hobby, I had like 22 helicopters. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, there. Dude, they were... I feel better. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> there was always a reason. There was always something that needed to be done to keep me from playing. I was the guy with six helicopters sitting in front of me at the field. Always a reason why one of them couldn't fly. Sitting there with the wrenches. Yeah. But eventually, I kind of got tired of building. I, I mean, not tired of building, but I wanted to fly more and build less. But I still enjoy building. Just don't want to be doing it all the time. I actually, so I've been getting into making these build videos. So I do these detailed yeah. build videos on the helicopters I put together because it slows the build down a lot um, mm -hmm. because stopping to document it and film it and make sure you get everything. And that drags the process out and it stops me from rotating my fleet quite so quickly. Yeah. And it lets me merge my two worlds. Professionally, I work kind of in the audiovisual industry. So, you know, documenting and filming stuff is kind of fun. I tried making a build video once for our CHN2. And uh -huh. after about an hour, I was like, fuck this. <laughs> fuck this shit man i had it all set up i put a camera facing down i even got a mat made for the desk that rc said rchn v2 on it nice oh yeah i had it set up on a monitor so i could see what i was doing and after about an hour i was like no this shit isn't for me not gonna do it yeah it's uh it's time consuming and every now and then something goes wrong and you literally have to take something apart and refilm putting it together <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, those days are rough, but uh, it's fun and it, it got me noticed and it landed me a few sponsors, um, which, you know, just helps feed my uh, feed my habit. So uh, <laughs> that's been great. Yeah, no, that's good because you're good at it. You do a good job on those videos. Well, thank you. I try. Is that it? Is that all you got? That's all I got, other than just wanting to give a quick shout out uh, to HeliDirect, uh, EquiDrift Motors and Theta Servos. Thanks for uh, taking great care of me. <sighs> yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a little bored with that. But anyway. <laughs> Sorry, contractual obligation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
So did you get any flying in? Uh, I know you did, and Rob knows you did, but let's let our listeners know, because apparently um, this week in particular worked out really well for you, and you were t- yeah. able to get some tremendous flying in. Yeah, so I travel extensively for work. I'm out of town about 50% of the year, and uh, most of the time I can't fly while I'm at work. I'm working long hours in random cities and downtown areas. But uh, here in Salt Lake City, which is where I'm at right now, uh, I had a week of kind of office work to get ready for a project I'm on, and there's a beautiful flying field about a mile from the office, and I wasn't starting until 8 a.m. And when you come from the East Coast, you wake up at 4 a.m. Uh, right. So I was at the flying field every day at about 6.30 in the morning with a cup of coffee in my hand, and I have both the Raw 580 and the Goose Guy S2 with me. So I put in about eight flights a day uh, for five nice. days. So I got 40 flights in this week and uh, saw some beautiful sunrises. Had 70-degree weather with three-mile-an-hour breezes every morning. It was amazing. It was just gorgeous. So great Fantastic. week of flying. Yeah, it was fun. All right. Daniel. Well, let's let Rob go first. No, no, Rob, you're going to go first because I'm excited to have you on. As a lot of listeners know, as I mentioned just a minute ago, that you were part of version two from the beginning. Yep. Probably the main motivator behind version two ever happening. You know, we all, we kind of talked briefly at some point. I think I let the listeners know in version two, you know, that you, you did leave the show around episode 30 through circumstances which you couldn't control. Super excited to have you back on the show uh, because you did kind of help build RCHN and, and create what it is we eventually uh, accomplished. But, but you really never got to experience the kind of the, the, you know, more of the work and less of the reward, I guess, if you want to say it that way. But anyway, glad, super glad that you could come back and your life is in a situation now that allows you to be a part of the show. So yeah, tell us a little it- bit about yourself. Yeah, Dan, dude, I'm super glad to be back. Dude, it's awesome that the show is coming back to life again. Um, yeah. You know, I when I had my hiatus and I had my time off kind of in heli cryostasis, right? Um, you know, quite often I would poke in and see how the show's doing, and it was so awesome to watch the show grow into something that had fun flies. You know, the following got so much bigger. Um, and everybody's super passionate about it, you know, that listen to the uh, podcast. And I'm just super excited to be able to be a part of it so that we can, you know, there's a whole, it's seemingly a whole new generation of people out there that uh, will have just as much fun, you know, as we did on version two. And, you know, um, a little bit about me, you know, I guess, um, yeah, I did have to leave the show. Um, it just family um, circumstances came up. And so I had a lot I had to deal with. Uh, but, uh, you know, spent some good time uh, working on the household and, you know, my family. And, you know, I'm now a single dad. I've got two kids. and um, But we're, we're doing the thing, you know, everything is working great on my end. You know, I've settled into a, a great career where I get to work right at the house here. So, um, you know, that uh, takes away any commute money or any of that auto maintenance money, you know, and so, you know, I've been kind of collecting up more idle time and I'm like, you know, I'm going to pick up the heli hobby again. And it seems that this is a great time to do it because there's so much new and awesome things that I, you know, that are brand new to me. You know, I, I almost feel like I'm a, um, right. like a reincarnated noob. Right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Nick, like you were saying, you know, you uh, back in my generation, back in the day, probably, well, this was like a decade ago. Um, you know, I also did build videos and put them up on my YouTube channel. These are all for ancient helicopters and nobody flies anymore. 
Um, but I used to rep for Gowie, so I you know I did a lot of help in the forums and in the online communities that were available back then. And I would make instructional videos for how to set the, the helis up. People would send me their helicopters and I would tune them for them and send them back. Um, and it's really cool to be back in the hobby now. It almost seems like the equipment is so much more, uh, I guess, how do I say, it seems more refined and user-friendly than it used to be. There used to be a lot of overhead. Dan, you were saying, you know, the the building and maintenance part of it sometimes can get old, right? And it, that's kind of how I am. So, you know, I've got this old fleet of obsolete helicopters. I still have Gowie on my shelf, right? But it's pretty tough to find parts, if at all, for the stuff that I fly. So I got to be super careful and I don't want to have to be fixing stuff. So I'm really <laughs> excited to get into some of this new stuff. Like, I don't know if uh, folks remember that used to listen, but um, before I got my X5, pretty much all I ever flew was the 200 class. You know, I started, um, Nick, like you said, I started early um, on in my, this whole discovery. I started with the Wakara 4.3. Anybody that's flown that knows that that's not the first helicopter to buy, right? Um, but, you know, I worked my way up and I found the 200 class and I just settled into that because it fit in my yard and uh, it fit well with my lifestyle and my my wallet. And, um, you know, working through Gowie, it was nice because I was able to uh, get into a Gowie X5. And so that's kind of the the main bird in my fleet. So I've got an X5 and a, a 200 that's really a shelf queen and waiting for blade grips if I can ever find them. But uh, so it's almost like the uh, polar opposite of uh, you, Nick. You got a ton of helicopters. Dan, you probably still have a fleet of helicopters, but I'm looking forward to getting into this, uh, uh, what, what, what people have to offer now. I want to try that Goose Guy. Um, I want to try some like micro and midsize scale stuff uh, and see where it takes us. More importantly, I want to blow this show up because I think it's the shit and I think a lot of people are going to love it. <laughs> yeah. so. No, I think yeah. it's great. It's great to be back. Yeah. One thing... Rob, one, one heli that you do have, and you, you don't know it yet because I haven't sent it to you, is I've got a 600, uh, a line 600E, right? Ah, yes. So here's the, here's the deal. I've, I've been telling Rob, I go, what, a month? month and a half? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I got this Maybe heli. I'm sitting here. I'm just, I'm going to mail it to you, man. I'm just going to mail it to you. I just, I don't know. I just, it, and, and here's the, I don't know. It's in, it's like disassembled. All I got to do is literally like go through it, make sure it's got everything in, in there because I think I took a few parts out. And just mail it. Uh, just pour it into a box. And <laughs> oh, man. Yep. I'll get it to you. I'll get it to you. I'll get it to you. Because I think it's important that you get... I mean, it's not by any stretch <laughs> modern heli, but, you know, it's something else that you can still get parts for. And so you can be a little less, I guess, careful with it because you can still get parts for it. So. Right, right. Crash build fly. Yeah. I got to tell you guys, I'm really excited. Um, I'm super excited. Rob, first of all, to have you back. Nick... Uh, for joining the crew. I'm really looking forward to rebuilding RC Heli Nation in a new version. Yeah, buddy. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of work, but I think we're all up for it. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll just, you know, I'll kind of give you guys a, a small update, kind of where I'm at now. Of course, one of the couple big changes, I'm no longer in Montana. I moved to Pennsylvania and on top of that, I got married, something that nobody in the world ever thought would happen, including me. No, fact, dude. I remember nice. saying, I remember saying, I'm never going to, I'll never be married. Like, that's just not my thing. But apparently I lied to myself because now I'm married. Happily so. <laughs> <laughs> so Who knew BigCountry11.com would come through? That's right. Uh, <laughs> Farmers.com, right? 
I don't know. Well, I think congratulations, I Dan. That's cool. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Thank seriously, you, thank congrats. You. No, it's it's good. Uh, by myself in Pennsylvania, where the locals on a daily basis try to convince me there are mountains in Pennsylvania. I can only <laughs> laugh at them so long because there are no mountains in Pennsylvania. Go further north, they say. Go further north. I've been further north. There are no mountains in Pennsylvania. There's nice rolling hills. And it's got its own beauty, but it's certainly, I do miss Montana from that aspect. The, yeah, the, the jobs in Montana's are got to be way bigger than the hills in Pennsylvania. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Those are, yeah, those are foothills. I don't even know why. Those are, yeah, they're not mountains. But anyway. They're bumps. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's a bit of a culture change. I mean, um, People in the Northeast are a little bit different than they are in Montana. Everybody seems to be in a much bigger hurry. I was going to say probably uh, a little dry. less laid back out there. Yeah, yeah a lot it's grumpier. Uh, a grumpier on the highway. Uh, really quick to lay into the horn. It's like that's when you take the DMV in Pennsylvania, I feel like there's some requirement that you have to know specifically where the horn is and when to use it, which is often because they use it a lot <laughs> out here. Yeah, I they think do. the my time in Montana, the only time I ever used a horn is when I needed to scare a deer or a dog off the highway, right? Uh, that's about it. But you know, it's it's different out here. It's not bad. I live in a relative. Well, by Montana standards, I live in a metropolis, but by Pennsylvania standards, I live in a small town, kind of on the edge. So the nice thing is, uh, Walmart is only like five miles away. It was like a 80 mile round trip where I used to live. So that's, that's kind of nice. I mean, Dude, all the nice. big stores, that is nice. And plus so many like people deliver everything delivers. Of course, I think that's kind of an effect of COVID now, but, um, uh, uh, everybody delivers everything here. Cat litter. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know, everything you need can be delivered to your door here pretty much. Uh, as far that's as helis. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, Rob. I've got a ancient fleet of, of helicopters that no longer are serviced. <laughs> they no <laughs> longer cuts parts being cut for them. Um, mainly one of the, I've got that JR Forza 700, which I love that helicopter. It's Luckily, so D4 is, oh, dude. Yeah, that's it a is. great looking helicopter. Not only that, but it flies so freaking nice. It's so smooth, but I can't remember if it's D Force Hobbies or whatever it's called, but uh, they are. You are able to get parts for the Forza, but it's it's not like there's a plethora of parts. It's um, kind of cut and dry on what you might be able to get, but they are selling kits. So I can get parts for that. Then, of course, I've got the good old Compass 7HP, which I did build, and I it gone, has gone through three or four friends and eventually ended up back in on my table. Good heli, obviously no parts for that anywhere unless I happen to buy somebody else's frame but um, uh, that that one won't be flying because I've actually started stealing parts off of it servos and ESCs and shit for other helicopters and I've got uh, Goblin 570 which is a you know relative that, that's still a that's pretty modern alley right I mean, current anyway right Rob? yeah yeah I mean you can still yeah, get parts yeah, for it can't you nothing wrong with that yeah I believe you can I mean I have so yeah um, I, I think if you can get parts it, it's technically modern okay I got a Goblin 630, which is very old. And I think I'm, when the time comes, I'm just going to turn it into a Goblin 700. There you go. Uh, when it decides that it's going to 
have an unscheduled interaction with the ground, which is inevitable. I've got a Synergy N7. <laughs> hey, there you go. Fair that's enough. some. That's kind of vintage, yeah? It is vintage. You can't buy parts for that one anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. There's some controversy. Obviously, there was some controversy with Synergy, and we're not going to get into that yet, but I'm sure at some point we'll talk about it. Um, I will say that during the build, I made a few what I would call, I mean, it's not completely done, but during the build, I made some relatively rookie mistakes, uh, especially putting in the fuel tank. I put, I didn't put the grommet for the fuel tank in first before you put the clunk line in. Oh. I put the clunk line into the grommet, then tried to put the grommet doesn't work like that. So I had to cut the grommet. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, now what do I do? Where do I, where do I get a new grommet? I'm like, well, I should be able to make a master car. I can, you know, I can find one in gum, <laughs> silicone, <laughs> something. Right? <laughs> Gorilla glue. Dude, don't put your cock uh, in a fuel tank. Oh my God. God. Dude, seriously. Just the Come tip. On now. Just the tip. <laughs> anyway, hold on. Get this back on track. I was thinking McMaster car. Great. I don't know if you guys are you guys familiar with McMaster car? Yeah, get anything. Yeah, it's everything. a fan everything, right? It's like a rapid prototyping wet dream land for people who like to build shit. And I was thinking, shit, I could just get some measurements off this. Sure, I can find one. But then I went and I thought, I wonder if the guys who do Tron have anything like this because of the controversy, but it's probably old news by now, but sure enough, I was able to find some of the parts I needed that are to, you know, for the Tron that work on the center gen seven. So I was able to get that in. So build, build continues. I've not been building it very quickly just because nitro fuel is so damn expensive. And there's one key component that I just cannot find, and that's a glow igniter. Used to use, um, not the Align 2-in-1, but um, GlowPro. I think it's called GlowPro, Glo right? Yeah. I loved it. Cannot find that thing anywhere. It's nowhere in stock anywhere. What about so, the X-Guard RC ones? Have you tried those? No, I haven't. And you know who else used to make a really good one was, um, he had, he's from Arizona. He did the, um, the Perfect Regulator guy. Right? He used to make one, a really nice one that we used to use. I don't know if you guys remember Perfect Regulator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes sometimes you get your products from him. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> uh, kind of situation. Right? But anyway, I didn't go that route. And I haven't been looking at it anyway because the nitro fuel is so expensive. Although I did, someone turned me on to here locally, a manufacturer or a maker of uh, fuel that can do 30% at uh, quite quite. Well, relatively inexpensive, considering, you know, I can drive there and just pick it up. Yeah, that makes it really easy. I haven't really looked into that yet. Yeah, I think I'll do that. Get a couple of cases that way when the time comes. But I'm probably going to hold off probably later in the fall, maybe in the winter to kind of finish this one. I still have the Cool Power 700s, two of those. Uh, no motors in them, but I do have the motors, the YS motors to rebuild. I got all the parts rebuilt and just never got around to it. They're just—they're old and worn out. I flew the shit out of those helis, man. They—they they, not only do they need motors, but they need so much, almost rekit type situation there. So I'm kind of not really looking into that. Then I, and then I guess I got the, you know, the old Ergo 30s and 
and some of those old JR helicopters that probably will never fly, mainly because I just obviously can't get parts for those machines because they've been out of production for decades. That's really about it. You know, the big move to Pennsylvania, getting married, getting back into the hobby. And, and um, we're going to talk a little bit about this at some point, uh, kind of that resurgence, you know, the kind of getting back into it. I see a lot of guys on the, on the internet, uh, on forums, on the Facebook groups, talking about how they haven't been in the hobby for a while. They're thinking about getting back into it, asking for suggestions. What I found getting back into it is um, I, I've really forgotten damn near everything, uh, including how to fly. I mean, that, that's <laughs> coming back, right? But I mean, literally like setting up the electric helicopter, the ESC and, and the governors and all that shit, I just felt so new again. And it was pretty overwhelming. Yep, I agree. Reading dude. and rereading, yep. yeah, just rereading, you know, online guides and and trying to make sense of it. But to the point where I was building them and asking <laughs> some of the local guys to give it a once over. It's like I, you know, I built a shit ton of these, but man, I, I'm, I just don't know. I just would like somebody to look at it. Uh, yeah, I mean good. that's a good idea anyway. No matter how good you are. Yeah, I yeah I agree. I don't. I've never really had an issue with that. I never really struggled to maiden. A helicopter. It just never really bothered me, except obviously in the the very fresh new days, especially that first helicopter. But I find like this Goblin three, three or six thirty. I, I mean, it's ready to go, but probably for the last three weeks, and I just haven't maidened it yet. Because <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know, it, something's wrong. I'm sure, and I'm going to find out when I get it three feet off the ground, and it's just going to go to hell. You're it's going to blow up, or something bad's going to happen. Yeah, I'm scared, scared <laughs> of it. Dude, that's how I felt about my X5, dude. I just made in that the other day. It's been sitting on the shelf in stasis like I have been, right? And when I put it on the shelf, I had finished, you know, rebuilding it and everything was, you know, I checked it all out. So then when I got it off the shelf, I did gave it the whole thing at once over. And I'm really confident just looking at it on the shelf and stuff. But as soon as I take it outside to fly it, it's this weird, I had this weird feeling in my mind. I'm like, it's like I've never done this before. My heart's racing. And I'm like, I'm going to lift this up off the ground, it's going to come and hit me. And all these weird thoughts, these noob thoughts that back in the day, you know, hovering is inconsequential basically, right? And it would take a lot more to get the adrenaline flowing. But I will say right now, you know, the, these first few flights, just just doing some paces back and forth and some hovers. And it's kind of, it was scary. I was like, what the hell is this? But I don't mind it. You know, I, I like the excitement and the draw of it all. Even if I'm just hovering yeah. and I get that, you know, then that's fine. And later as I reprogress again, you know, I'll grow that scales again, of course, but <laughs> Let me, it's weird. I got to ask you, I got to ask you a question. Cause this happened to me within just recently when I was flying maybe the third or fourth time out or second time out, you get it up and you're like, okay, I'm going to do some, I'm going to do some nice fast circuits, right? I'm going to just, just really get it going and, yeah. and see how fast it can go. And you get, you get going and, and it's like, um, one direction, you're like, you're sighted, right? Yeah. You turn really well away from yourself, but you're like, it, you're turning into yourself and you're, you're a long ways away, but you're like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like this, this, there's this moment in time where you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. And you're like thinking left or right, left or right. Which, uh, exactly. And then another time I take off, I go inverted and I, I start kind of doing a punch out, but more of a climb out, but not straight up, but 
at a nice 45 <laughs> degree angle. Just sort of out and I'm, vertical. And I'm inverted and, and all of a sudden the helicopter is getting further and further away and I'm, and I go into a vapor lock. I'm like, yeah, what the hell do I do now? I said, I got to do something soon because <laughs> I the helicopter is going to be, a, <laughs> so, and then it's, you just let go and let yeah. it come back. And it did yeah. come back. And pretty soon, you know, it, yeah, that's a, it, it's, it's like a fun, I don't know. It, it just really kind of brought me back to those very exciting days, right? Yep. Um, putting that awesome machine together and all the moving parts and how cool it was and, 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 um, letting go. It's like getting behind the sticks and just letting go and thinking to yourself, you know, I know how to do this. Yeah. Yep. Just, I remember. Yeah, just, just get the fuck out of the way of yourself and let it happen, right? You just got to shake the dust off the synapses and then it's good. They will <laughs> yeah. pick up again and like, oh, I remember this. This is great. All right, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be back. I want to say thank you to so many folks that have been sending me some messages of support. There's been a few teasers put it on put, put, it, <laughs> put on Facebook. Yeah, people seem excited uh, about that. That's good. Yeah, they're gonna yeah absolutely. And just the messages, you know, from folks that I hadn't heard from in a long time and some that I probably had some conversation with at some point, but, you know, don't remember necessarily sending me messages reminding me of conversations that we'd had and going, oh, God, I remember that. I mean, it's just really cool to have those folks kind of come out of the woodwork. One awesome bit of news before we go into the news, you guys might remember, I know the listeners will, uh, Nick, you might remember from hearing about it. Rob, I don't know if, don't think you were around, but you might have poked in and heard. We used to have a guy, we called him Dude Man Larry, Larry Kagan out of Florida, right? That used to help us with our webpage. And he saw some act- activity on the uh, RCHN Facebook page without really knowing who was behind it. But he just sent a message, a very nice message saying, hey, I saw some teasers on the Facebook page. Just want to let you know, I've got the .org information here. It's yours. You can have it, all the uh, archived episodes and everything. And so I said, dude, thanks a lot. And he goes, Dan? And I'm like, yep. I said, we're, re- <laughs> we're re-rolling, man. We're doing it again. And he's like, oh, man, that's awesome. And then I said, by chance, <laughs> do you think somewhere in the bowels of that internet code, you might be able to dig up the citizen number list? Oh. And he was like, it's right here, man. And he yeah. said, he's like, here, here you go. Awesome. Here's this, here's, here it is, man. Yeah. In a, what's it great. Called? What's it called? A CSV? CBS. I still won't get it. I won't get it right ever. CBS. I won't get it right. <laughs> Comma well, separated values. I'm going to get it wrong every time. A, a CBS. No, it's, it's called Walgreens. <laughs> <laughs> so your pharmacy receipt has all the citizen numbers on it. That is rad. Here's the plan of attack. I mentioned that we were able to resurrect that list and a few people got in touch with me and said, hey, that's awesome because I don't really remember the card delaminated, uh, whatever. I lost it, understandably so. I mean, whoever thought version three would come out, but we're going to be able to go through and verify. I got everybody's email, right? So my plan is to send out an email to everybody who had a citizen card, kind of get an idea uh, my wife is actually going to help with the secretarial side of this. I don't know. I don't think she. I don't think she knows what she's in for. Another full time gig. We're going to get that information. And we're going to spend some time to get those numbers sorted. The idea here is to 
recreate cards that need to be recreated, there, there probably will be a fee for that. Just the cost of those cards. I don't know. I have no idea what they cost. I know they're not that expensive and maybe whatever a buck for shipping, uh, whatever the shipping is going to be in an envelope, not, not a big deal. Uh, we'll be able to resend those cards out. Once I get all those sorted out and everybody's kind of in, in line, we're just going to kind of start where we left off, which is, let me take a look real quick. Since I have the file pulled up, citizen number 1,736. Yeah, nice. Nice. Yeah. So, so I wonder who's okay. going to be 1,737. Oh, no, you don't need to wonder because I know who it's going to be. <laughs> It'll be me. <laughs> there it is. I have, I have some good news for you, Nick. What's that? I have some numbers here at the top, somewhere in the neighborhood of probably around 20, 20 ish, one to 20, somewhere in there, that I'm going to be able to fit you in there. Because, right, you know, nice. you got. You got that, dude. That's. I feel like I need to earn that. Like we need to get through a certain number of episodes. And okay. Then, hey, there you go. We, we can do that. We, what we can do is we can we can issue you a regular card, and then we can present you, get like some ceremony, and present you with like a lower number, <laughs> like the YouTube so, uh, button when you get the YouTube button after enough views. Oh yeah, right. you get enough subscribers or whatever. Absolutely. So we're gonna do that, and uh, I don't know where it'll be, but um, what I want to do because some numbers might just go away because for whatever reason, that individual is just not interested anymore, not flying, just moved on. I don't know how that's going to work. We're going to have to work through all those details, but I think for simplicity, we'll, those numbers just will no longer exist. And um, yeah, we'll just, we'll just continue on where we left off. So that's good news. Good news. Dude, that's I'm, I'm excited news. about that. Yeah. I was really, cause I knew that I wanted to, to do it, but I was like, how do we do that with, without understanding or knowing where we were and who had what, right? Yeah. What's well, a want, without systems, right? We got to get them right. back. I don't I want mean, anyone to have to repurchase it and we'll figure all that out. But look forward to that in the coming months. I don't know how long that'll take, but anyway, let's move on to some news, Mr. Wisdom. All right. News. <laughs> I was waiting for a longer intro there, Rob. I was yeah, like, oh, Rob, Rob's going to do a news intro. Let's hear it. <laughs> Time to do the news. Oh, there we geez. go. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Settle down. <laughs> so first up, I just want to say I'm thrilled to be, uh, like genuinely thrilled uh, to be heading up the news segment for RCHN 3.0. As I said before, you know, I, I found the podcast after it had uh, ended, but uh, have, you know, religiously listen to the episode. So I'm pretty excited. Uh, I learned a lot just from the new segments um, listening. So I'm pretty stoked to be heading this up. But uh, as I get into the news and start handling it from here forwards, uh, I just want to say if you're a manufacturer or a retailer in the hobby and you've got some news you'd like us to share, feel free to hit me up at nickwisdom at rchnv3.com. Shoot me an email and uh, let us know what you've got coming up. Uh, what you'd like us to share would be happy to. Uh, if you don't do that, we're just going to dig around the interwebs, see what we can find on Facebook. We'll uh, listen to some fun fly rumors. And in keeping with uh, RCHN tradition, if all of that fails, we're just going to make some shit up. So uh, yep. be warned. <laughs> <laughs> it's the all best right, way to go about it. Yep. 
That's our safety plan. Uh, so as we get into recording this, uh, it is Urcha Sunday right now. So I'm sure there's a few stragglers still uh, knocking some flights out, but most of you are hopefully safely headed home from a great week. And I just want to touch on a few highlights from uh, Urcha and what happens just ahead of Urcha, which is the U.S. Nationals at the AMA headquarters. Uh, and before anybody asks, yes, we heard that Urcha news. Uh, mm-hmm. But touching on that doesn't really feel like a first episode thing to do. But stay tuned. We'll be sure and discuss it in the future. Don't you worry. All right. Before we get into Urcha news, let's go back to the Nats and talk about some Nats winners. Uh, first out, I want to give a huge shout out here to a personal friend, a uh, flying buddy of mine in the Atlanta area, a man named Brian Birdsong, who won the Sportsman Nats competition. Uh, it's a precision flying uh, contest, his first uh, at the Nats, and he swept every round. So congrats to you, Brian. He really put in the work, man. He was practicing for hours and hours and hours every week. So well-deserved. Uh, in the expert class there, uh, Gordy Mead uh, took that one. And then uh, moving into the FAI F3C, this was an incredibly close contest. I was getting reports uh, from from my buddy Brian and some others at the field. But Nick Maxwell and Futaba USA's uh, Yosuchi Sawamura, uh, battled it out head-to-head for eight rounds of competition, and at the end of eight rounds of uh, F3C Precision competition, they literally were only separated by two point-something points. Less than three points separated them at the end, so it could have gone either way. Wow. So huge congrats to Nick Maxwell, uh, who ended up the winner in that contest. Uh, and because Nick Maxwell is not human, he again came out on top in first place in F3N as well. So he uh, competed in both F3N uh, and FAI F3C. And I think I saw him flying in team scale. I think he flew one of Renee's helicopters there uh, as well. So uh, congrats to you, Nick. You did great. Uh, in F3N, Nick was followed in second place by Jamie Robertson. And if uh, my math is right, I believe both Nick and Jamie uh, will be representing us at the F3N Worlds, which uh, I believe will be in the United States uh, in the near future. So that's awesome. And then uh, just one last uh, contest highlight. I just want to touch on speed for a second. Uh, Blanton Rivera, awesome dude out of Puerto Rico, uh, speed enthusiast, was in a class by himself by far 176 mile per hour average of his runs uh, with an SAB comment. So congrats Holy to you. Holy shit. Yeah, that's hauling. Dude, that's fast and as hell. And that's average of, you know, a left run and a right run put together. That's insane. Holy moly. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's quite the sound. I was, I was a little disappointed. So I want to, you know, hats off to all of you folks who live streamed and shot videos at Urcha. Uh, for those of us like myself that had to work and couldn't go, uh, we kind of live vicariously through y'all. And I wish I'd seen some speed videos because I bet the sound of 160, 176 miles an hour has got to be awesome. Dude, I bet right. that was great. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, let's talk about Urcha now. Uh, so I was able to get the pilot count uh, from Mr. Dan Lucente. Uh, and there were 336 registered pilots at Urcha. Now, I know for a lot of you uh, who were there in the heyday may say, well, you know, that's not great. Um, but it's certainly the largest fun fly in the United States, I would say, easily in the last three years. Um, so it's good to see numbers at least hit that level here in the States. Uh, <laughs> there was some interesting and funny comments on Facebook. Uh, certainly, if you add up all the sponsored pilots, I think you'll find they made up about a third of that pilot count. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is true because when you add up a bunch of teams of 20 you quickly get to 100 yeah but did you get they all hang out except Urcha, right you gotta go somewhere right did yeah. you get a comparison did you get last year's numbers how does it I compare to last year i don't have last year's numbers officially i mean i can tell you the two pandemic years were probably in the 200s um okay. from you know it's, it's up though i mean from those that went. i mean it's up yeah from last year. It, it definitely feels Pretty like good. it's ticked up from last year 
Good. And honestly, I feel like as much as we want to make fun of, you know, a third of the people being sponsored pilots, I mean, we always need that that root core of sponsored folks to be a sure. draw to help get other people into the hobby, to be the spectacle that you come to watch, you know, like, but yeah. I'd love to see that number be 10% of total attendees. And, you know, see the numbers come back up to a thousand plus, um, but certainly encouraging to see it tick up a little bit. Right. That's good. Good yeah. news. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and some great flights put on by a lot of folks at Urcha, uh, Young Bin Lee, Nick Maxwell, and a gajillion others uh, too long to name. So, uh, but back to Urcha for a second, let's talk about some new products that came out at Urcha huh, that you were probably able to see if you were there. Uh, we've got the Azure 700S blades. Now, Dan and Rob, Azure is probably a manufacturer you aren't too familiar with. Uh, they're a new blade manufacturer no. that came out in about the last year and a half or so, uh, at least in the U.S. Uh, they're known for their highly popular and agile you know, main blade line that come in a huge variety of sizes. They're known for sort of being extra agile, you know, great for 3D, higher head speeds. Uh, I have a set of the 715s myself on my Spectre V2. Uh, and I'm a big fan of them, but at lower head speeds, they're just not as good as some other blades on the market, like a, a Rotortech Ultimate or even SAB's new S-Line blades, which really sort of are more, more balanced. You know, they fly at, at a wider range of head speeds, and that's where the 700S blade is meant to come in and fill that need. So it's, you know, it's a well more, more uh, well-rounded blade uh, meant for a wider range of head speeds. It's got more stability than their more, you know, agile sort of smack blades. And they should be available very soon at your favorite hobby retailer. No release date uh, pricing, I'm sure, is going to be comparable to the current line of Azure Blades. And I really want to get my hands on a set to try them. As of right now, they've only announced the 700 size. I'm really hoping they do a 715 or a 720 because uh, light disc loading is my jam. Yeah, um, you like so that I low head speed, right? Those. I really do. And I don't fly super low. Like I'm not, you know, on a 700, I'm not in the 1000s, uh, although I want to get there. Yeah, um, I'm yeah. in the like 1400 to 1600 is, is really the sweet spot for me. So I run smaller packs, uh, lighter disc loading, longer blades, and uh, I like smooth yeah. sort of slow 3D. But anyway, can't I cannot help but notice you left out probably one of the most important characteristics of a blade in all that fancy talk you just talked about <laughs> balance and weighting and blah blah blah. How farty are they? Well, I can't speak That's to these because really I haven't I heard them fly, but I can tell you the Azure 715s are extra farty. Oh. Nice, a farty party. Oh yeah, I love those kind of just those <laughs> blades that scare the shit out of plankers. Those are the kind of those are my kind of blades. I don't care how they fly. Don't right. care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a high head speeds you make fantastic noise, but even at low head speeds, it's just like a it's just a different sound. But it's still you've got this like softer bark, but it's there. Uh, I dig them. I like those 715s a lot. So, so it's more of a guttural fart. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. got some nice a low flabby, end. <laughs> flappy. <laughs> you, you can almost gotcha. feel it on your feet. Yeah. Uh, Just, sometimes you can feel the mist. Right? <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's slightly moist. <laughs> that low head speed. Uh, <laughs> this suddenly kind of, makes me ask the question: Which one of us is the moral compass? Because we might have to hire one of those. <laughs> oh no! 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 I want the kind of farty blade that kind of makes you pause <laughs> for just a second and think to yourself, do I need to go to the bathroom? Yeah, you want the Do I need to go 40, change? You want the 40 plus year old man fart. <laughs> exactly. Like the like the raunchy beer fart. Like yeah, well, oh they, they God, all end in a question beer. mark. All right, we digress. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. All That's right. a fun well, fart. <laughs> Don't judge me, dude. Oh, oh I will. God. 
I have just begun to judge. Uh, All right. Other new stuff. Uh, The SAB Goblin Raw 420 was out in force at Urcha. Uh, All the team pilots, or maybe not all, but a lot of them, had received early kits to put together to put on display at Urcha. There was pictures of a table full of like 10 of those things. Uh, Certainly, they put on quite a show. Uh, A bunch of pilots flew that one. Uh, Dan and Rob, you'll be uh, thrilled to know that this is number 44 in the SAB line. So you probably have another 20 or so to purchase to catch up. Yeah, I've got one one of each in the shopping cart. Yeah, there you go. Um, (laughs) uh, Man, they have been cranking them out lately. And, you know, kudos to them. They're selling uh, and I'm enjoying a bunch of them. So Uh, they're all 420. really sweet, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go into the details too long. You know, all that came out a few weeks ago. But, you know, it is a direct drive heli with a one-way bearing in the motor, this huge pancake motor. Uh, Certainly an intriguing size. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to hopefully flying somebody else's. Don't know that I plan to add one to my fleet. But uh, good-looking helicopter. Um, Yeah, so you are going to get one. I am going to get one. In fact, I have one in my shopping cart, literally. I was kidding about having one of all. I literally have a shopping cart ready to push the button. Word. Nice. Is that mid drive or is that direct drive or is that like direct motor drive on the tail belt on that? No, it's belt drive direct. to the tail, direct yep. to the main shaft. Got it. Got oh, you. it is belt drive to. Yeah, yeah. See, I was wondering about yeah. that. I, I'm kind of really like, I see all these direct drive motor ones and I know the driven tail is kicking butt on the like the 200s and the smaller. I can't foresee doing it anything bigger than that, but I'm really intrigued by the direct drive one to one motor with a belt on like somewhere along the bell or wherever they add that gear for the belt and then a belt drive tail. So yeah, I'm really anxious to see how well this, uh, 420 flies. Dan, you got to let us know what it's like when you get it. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's cool that they put the one way in the motor. So theoretically you can auto rotate this thing. Yeah. Yeah. You you got, you got to be brave and skilled to try and auto a 420 and I don't know how it'll do. I haven't seen anyone try an auto on it yet, but, uh, no reason it shouldn't work. Right. It should be the same kind of drag, you know, as it would be on a, a regular, you know, gear driven motor uh, shaft, you know, because once you're in the one way, you're just coasting at that point, as long as it's got. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's there's no weight to help to help with that downforce. So that's the problem. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, that being said, you know, autoing a 420 notwithstanding, because people used to do it back in the day. Right. Not right. well, yeah. but I'm saying you'd yeah. get the same level of results out of this, I would think, wherever the motor's at sure. doesn't shouldn't matter. Yeah. But, you know, 420, you've got a better shot blade what size-wise than, you know, micro smaller than that for sure. So, yeah, yeah. What, what I want to see is I want to see some video of it at the lowest head speed it's happy at. I've seen a ton at the highest head speed it's happy at, smacking itself to pieces and doing, you know, ridiculous yeah. 3D. But I want to see someone kind of slow it down and see where it's like. I'd like to be interested. I'm interested to see what it's like um, on the motor, right? Because... You know, motors like to, electric motors like to run at a, as far as I remember, you know, they like to run at a particular range of RPMs. And so because it's one-to-one drive, you can't really just change your head speed by changing your gearing anymore and keeping your motor spinning high, right? So to spin that motor low, like a lower RPMs on the motor, I'm wondering like, what's that do for like heat or amp draw? Or that'd be interesting to see that, you know, how that correlates to lower head speed. Cause I'm interested in lower head yeah, speed too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're right. It could certainly lead to a lot of excess heat and uh, an unhappy ESC because, yeah, you can't change the gearing at all. So, 
But then again, I mean, if you look at stuff in the 200 size, it's surprising how, how low you can slow those down, like head speed wise, and, yeah. and still get some decent flight performance, especially you probably, if you're trying to, you know, tune it for a beginner who's just, you know, focused on hovering and some basics initially. Yeah. Well, and you always go in the ESC too and adjust some of the timing and some of the other stuff to soften it up too. So mm-hmm. and that would help when you turn it down. Yeah. Nice. But, uh, it's really a cool heli. Uh, I mainly touched on it to say that uh, if you've pre-ordered one, you should see it by the end of the month. SAB has been posting lots of pictures of mountains of boxes, uh, so they should yeah, be I shipping soon. I saw that. Uh, and speaking, I just got to pull the trigger, dude. I hope dude, those motors last, man. Because aren't those before like before the end of the price? episode? Yeah, I mean that's where the price comes from. Is you know, two hundred of that is probably the motor. Yeah, it's like twelve hundred dollars roughly to kit one of those out completely. Well, really? Yeah. I mean, I know it's, it's yeah. six hundred for the heli and motor or so. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, if you get some decent, turbos, decent, ESC, decent servos, good ESC. By the time you get a, you know, two sixty for the Neo, and mm-hmm. uh, plus, you know, I mean, it, it adds up. I, you know, also yeah. too, I opted for the uh, carbon fiber upgrade. Boom. Probably don't need to do that, but I'm going to do that. I haven't seen, I've seen like one photo of it with the carbon fiber boom on it. I didn't see I any of it. It just says upgrade. So I'm, I just look, dude, it said upgrade. I'm compelled. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm compelled. Upgrade. So yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Dan, today you sent us a picture of a field surrounded by trees that you were thinking of getting a micro for. So are you sure? Well, you yeah. You know, the boom? <sighs> you yeah, do right? hit trees, man. Come on now. The thing is, I will say, but like, the, that's the beauty of these, the, the raw 700 is, you know, the, aluminum boom like you just don't stress about crashing it as much it's not that i get it i get it but i like upgrades (laughs) (laughs) well i do too so i can't talk right speaking upgrades and new and shiny uh should we talk about the next temptation sure sure why not all right so lastly as far as new helicopters go uh urcha was one of the first times you could get a up close and personal look at the new xl power nick maxwell edition spectre v2 uh, so the XL Power Spectre V2 has been out for uh, over a year now, and it's a fantastic 700. I have one myself. I'm a big fan. But since joining Team XL Power, Nick Maxwell's wasted no time in suggesting some slight improvements to the very successful V2. Uh, and XL Power, in their wisdom, has decided to release this as a new kit. Um, and there are some nice little upgrades in here. Uh, we're going to touch on a few of them here. Uh, so some of the fun upgrades include a tapered tail shaft to tail hub intersection. So the tip of the tail shaft is tapered into something like a cone shape, and the hub bolts directly into the end of the shaft. And basically, this connection forces uh, you know 100% square and solid connection between the tail shaft and tail hub. Uh, both the Tail hub, tail rotor, uh, tail case, and the main rotor are anodized in this sexy black satin finish uh, that's really pretty. I'm a big fan of, of black rotor heads. Um, it does for look whatever nice. reason, over that aluminum look, it's just slick. What I, what I don't love about it is it's got Nick Maxwell's signature all over the place, which I felt like one was would have been just right, but there's kind of a lot of them. But that's just a personal thing. I shouldn't hold that against him. Um, but the finish looks awesome. And on top of that, they switched to a different grade of aluminum. It's uh, aircraft grade aluminum for all of the rotor head, main and tail parts uh, that supposedly has uh, much tighter tolerances, you know, better quality control on it um, and uh, just a higher quality, more rigid uh, assembly. Uh, there's also this really slick update to the tail pushrod ends, which I know everyone's thinking like the last thing I care about upgrading is my tail pushrod. Like it needs to go one direction and the other and not stretch or shrink. 
Um, but it's essentially, instead of having to glue the ends of your push rod on, it uses this ingenious compression joint. So you sort of slide this, slide this collar over the push rod end like you would similarly, and then you thread in this piece that's got the threaded end that your ball link will go onto the end of, and it creates this compression joint where it pulls this into this hollow carbon push rod, and it's kind of pushing the insides of the push rod out as the outsides uh, tighten down. And you end up with this really strong mechanical bond that I would bet uh, is just as strong as JB Weld or epoxy or whatever your adhesive of choice is, and there's no drying time involved, no glue needed. Um, so that was pretty slick, I thought. Um, it's nice to see, I don't know, sometimes it's nice to see innovation in things that aren't critical to performance, but still show people care and they're thinking about like, you know, where are all these new improvements we can find? Like, I don't think we're yeah, going to have a huge nice. leap forward in helicopter design, but lots of these little incremental improvements I think are slick. Yeah. I think that's really helpful too, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you're one of those power builders, you can now knock this thing out in eight hours and go fly. <laughs> right. Or if you crash, you can just rebuild very easily. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I don't even know, you might even be able to reuse the, the end components, right? Like just yeah, replace right. the carbon push rod and reuse the ends. But Right. Uh, it's like a we'll collet. So totally. Uh, some other improvements to the heli. The swash plate now features uh, longer balls on it, such then there's a new blade grip arm as well. So now there's a one-to-one -one geometry between the swash and the head, eliminating any control differential. Now, I could try and explain this to you, but what you really should do is go check out Nick Maxwell's video on his YouTube channel. He goes in detail about all the improvements to the Spectre V2, why, you know, his decision-making process behind them, why he and Ra, who's... Uh, uh, the manufacturer over at XL Power, um, you know, decided to do these things. And uh, I don't know, it's cool to see a glimpse inside Nick's thinking and really understand the reasoning behind the improvements rather than just seeing marketing material that says like, hey, you know, new and improved, whatever. A couple other random pieces of improvements here. There's a new canopy and a nice black, yellow, and blue finish. And uh, for now, these upgrades are only available, like I said, as an entire kit. Presumably, they should be offered a la carte as spare parts very soon. So you could piecemeal your way from a V2 into one of these if you want to. Pre-orders are open now at most retailers and kits should be shipping also by the end of the month. So Dan and Rob, if either of you are interested in a Spectre V2 airframe, I might be convinced to part with mine so I can get a Nick Maxwell edition. I actually am. I want to turn one into a gasser. Oh, absolutely not. That'd be not. pretty cool. Oh, come on. That'd be <laughs> kind of cool. I mean, absolutely not. I, I, are you, are you new? You are fan. new. <laughs> I know we've had this talk. I, I will not let my airframe be soiled. Oh, dude, that dude, it'd make your airframe better. No, or desirable. It, it would make it louder. He just would make it so you can fly for twenty minutes. And I'm not anti-nitro. Let me be clear. I'm just, I'm, you know, I mean, mad props to Doug Darby and those innovating in this space. Um, I'm just, I'm not a gasser fan personally. Dan likes it because the motor is more farty than a nitro motor. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to work out, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. I, I thought it would take to be friends. We got to the Nitro episode to get fired, but apparently uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's on the first one. No, I do. I have my eyes set on a couple gassers, but things, I don't know, man. There's so many new things. That I, look, I'm the guy, I want to buy a touch. I'm the guy that'll pay $1,500 for a touch, but I've got a bit of an issue. I, I keep getting messages, dude. There's one on Heli Freak. There's one on Facebook. By the time I get a, you know, like I'm at work or whatever, I can't respond. By the time I get a message off, oh yeah, dude, that's that's been sold. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're they're going. They're I mean, going there was quick. 
somebody at Urcha posted like, hey, guy down at the end of the flight line is selling a touch. And I literally, the first thing I pictured was like a Black Friday Walmart doors opening brawl. Oh my God. <laughs> over like the v People tackling each other. Exactly. <laughs> no, I, I want to get one of those. I want to get a gasser. I want to get this. This um, You alluded to the fact that I sent you a picture, you and Rob, a picture over the weekend of a big open field. This weekend was um, was a family weekend. So I really didn't get apply this weekend. It's the, one of the biggest differences between being single and being married is, um, you know, you, you have to split your time, right? It's not all your time. Which is, and I'm okay with that. Not a problem. However, I need a small heli, so I got to get one, right? And I've been kind of batting around, you know, the uh, OMP, the the Mikado. Uh, Nick, you you mentioned the Goose Guy, and mm-hmm. and I'm I'm, I'm kind of thinking. I, I was looking at it, and I'm thinking I'm going to go with the 420. This is why I kind of decided I want to get one. But point is, there's always something to to get. And when the time comes around to, to get it, it's like, uh, you know, whatever the timing's wrong, or I just, no, I've already spent too much money on Haley's this week. I can't do it, but I will get my hands on one eventually. I'm sure of it. Even if I have to wait for a, a revamp of that particular controller, the longer the wait goes on. And, you know, in the past, as listeners will know, I actually I was Futaba for a long time and I've been kind of following a few of the guys comments uh that are you know have been using pataba and nick i know you have one or and are considering or maybe you've started i don't think you've started digging into it yet but um i'm kind of thinking of trying a pataba not only the controller but a flight controller yeah i have a cgy well. 760 i picked up at a good deal um off a of buddy that's sitting on a shelf and i just can't decide what transmitter to, to go yeah. with the 16 iz or the 32 but i want to try it both yeah, to hedge my bets. I mean, I fly a V-Control Touch, but I want to hedge my bets in case, you know, things don't go well at Mikado, although we're going to talk about that in a second because I think they sure. are going to go well. Um, but I just want to try it. I just like playing with that sure. stuff. Yep. And not in the like Justin and Nick like totally geek out on tuning kind of way, but in the like initial programming setup, learn what their approach is and then not tune it and just fly it and build more helis instead. There you go. Yeah. That's probably the best way to look at it. <laughs> I mean, no one really knows. I mean, no one really knows how to do that shit anyway, right? No one really does that. Yeah. I mean, what's a little bobble so amongst much, friends? Dude, those guys <laughs> spent too much. They spent way, they spent a lot of time figuring that shit out, which is good for the rest of us, right? Oh, well, I'm not huge. the guy that sits here and figure that shit out. I'm not, I, I'm the one that waits for someone else to figure out and I call and say, hey, so how'd you do that? Yeah. I, uh, I often yeah. go back and listen to their Flybar uh, Neo tuning episode because yeah. damn, that was good. good stuff. News of the week is courtesy of a fantastic Facebook Live video that Augie Copter posted on the Hangout. Uh, Augie Copter is a gusto of uh, Monstro Helicopter fame, and he was at Urcha this week. He did a great interview with Ralph from Mikado. And first, I want to so so Robin and how much do you know about Mikado's new flight trainer system? Zero uh, percent. Uh, it's going to be ex- yeah, it's going to be expensive, and people were not happy with it. I got to say, I immediately jumped on the oh my god, that's going to be expensive camp right sure. but I, I hadn't seen it so augusto actually filmed a demonstration and damn it's cool the system and you know this is not exactly news but i just want to touch on on some of the new aspects that we learned about at urcha from this live stream the system consists of this landing pad the helicopter itself and a very specific uh, v control basic transmitter and 
What we learn is that the landing pad, the transmitter, and the helicopter all communicate together as a triangulated system. And what's really interesting is that it doesn't use GPS, right? So it takes a Logo 200 micro helicopter and it puts two tiny little loudspeakers on it. And the landing pad actually has an array of, I think they said, 12 microphones built into it. Uh And I don't want to say it it used, I think echolocation is probably the wrong word, but it does use sound to track position and not GPS, which means you can use it indoors or outdoors. Yeah, exactly. It's geofencing. So you can literally set a perimeter that the helicopter cannot escape. So you can do two things. If you put it in the most basic mode, you can literally tell the helicopter, you put it on the landing pad to take off by itself and park in a hover six feet in the air and sit there until I tell you what to do. And you can say, you know, you can put a hard deck on the thing. You can say you cannot escape this diameter and you can set the size of the boundary. Zone and Ralph in the demo literally put the thing at a six foot hover, held the transmitter, just like held it out from his body so it wasn't touching the sticks and walked up to it and starts poking the nose of the helicopter. Now sticking your hand through next to even a 200 size helicopter is frankly stupid, but the <laughs> demo was cool, right? He's poking <laughs> yeah. the nose and the helicopter would nudge back a few inches and then it would go back to right where it was. And then he wow. starts poking the skids from the side and the helicopter would you know, tilt against the move of his finger and then it would go right back to where it was. I mean, just rock solid stable. And there was a breeze going too. It was not dead calm by any means. So the thought of a beginner being able to take a helicopter in self-level, not worried about takeoff and landing, you know, you can literally automate all of those functions and it'll land itself right on the helipad was very cool. Uh, it was an extremely impressive uh, demonstration. Now, one of the things that's been a popular question uh, that was answered here is you cannot invert the helicopter in any of these modes and still get it to land. So you can't use it as this like insane 3D, like I want to learn whatever 3D pyro flip on the deck move I want and then have it safely land and not let me hit the ground. It won't do that. It only works it's in not the upright orientation. Yeah, right. It's not like a exactly. bailout switch. So okay. It's definitely geared towards getting uh, beginners into the hobby. But some new details we learned about this is you can use this transmitter that you get in the flight trainer system as a basic V-control transmitter with another Neo and another helicopter, uh, according to what Augie tells me from his conversations with Ralph, which is great because details have been like we're learning some things about the system, but not the nitty gritty. Um, So that was nice to learn that folks could start with this system and then move on to another helicopter that helps take the cost which I have to think this flight trainer is going to cost close to $1,000. I really hope that's not true, and I don't want to say it is. So, I, you know, Mikado, the one thing you're going to note as we talk through these updates from Mikado is there's no pricing information available yet. So, Mikado, we're all desperate to hear what these things are going to cost so we can start planning and thinking about these things. But anyway, a very cool demonstration there uh, for sure. Dude, that's um, a really exciting a sp- product, I think. Yeah, I remember yeah, I mean, the fact that before you- it was like a pipe dream to have something that could, besides a human attached with a piece of wire to another transmitter, there was no real practical way to help educate a person besides doing that or disconnecting yourself from reality with a sim, right? So yeah. for Mikado to put basically all those components all into one package where the person can be in control, but it's still the helicopter essentially is the thing that's you know hanging onto the safety aspect of it at the beginning and then you can take you by the time you get to where you're like yeah i'm ready to buy the raw 420 or something like that right you got this transmitter that your hands are really used to using and stuff and then all you got to do is bind the new v control to that yeah that's great that's that's awesome. Yeah, and and what Ralph hinted at but didn't go into detail on is that this transmitter clearly has more modes available, right? So there's the takeoff by yourself, 
you know, fly and stay in the geofence mode. I think that there are going to be a couple more steps to that where it's probably you turn self level off, but it only, you know, but it limits your bank angle and it still keeps you in the geofence, right? So you'll be able right. to progress through a series of modes. Um, and so you get to the point where you take the training wheels off and just have at it. And you've got essentially a fully featured logo 200 at that point. More news from Mikado. A lot came out of this little interview that they did, which was great because I haven't had a lot of news. So as far as the touch goes and the vBasic goes, we learned a little bit more there. So Mikado is going to release a vBasic transmitter. It's essentially exactly the same as the vControl Classic. It just has a smaller LCD screen, but same functionality, same software. And that transmitter is hopefully going to be available within a couple of months from now. So we should see that on the horizon soon. Uh, again, no pricing on that one either, but Ralph described it as quote unquote affordable. So, uh, you know, high hopes there that this will be a great, you know, gateway to get folks into the NEO system. As far as the touch goes, uh, the key piece of information we learned from this conversation with Ralph is that if you currently own a V-Control Touch, there is no reason that you should buy the new Touch when it comes out at the end of the year. The hardware oh. is going to be the same. The switches are the same. I mean, the chip changes, um, but there's no new features. You know, there's not going to be a software update that only works on the new Touch. You know, it's meant to be essentially a replacement product where they're just using a different chip that's more readily available. So uh, for those of you who have a so... Touch... Hold on to it. You don't need to buy a new one. Did you say at the end of the year? Well, they certainly haven't committed to any dates yet, but the loose goal they're aiming for is end of Q4. So hopefully by the end of the year, we see a new V-Control Touch replacement. It's going to be a perfect Christmas gift. I'll have to let my wife know. You should. <laughs> um, so fingers crossed you know, that we really see that uh, you know, by the end of the year. Like I said, I'd really like to see them survive. I'm a big fan of the Touch. And then Ralph, who was just full of fun news, I wonder if he's going to go back to the office and get in a whole lot of trouble for just dropping all kinds of love. But uh, there's also going to be a new Neo flybarless unit coming out. Now, this is also much like the V-Control Touch, although this time they're getting ahead of it. Uh, they're updating the Neo with a new faster microcontroller that's more readily available. But the interesting little snippet, we didn't get a lot of info here other than it's, you know, a faster processor. But according to Ralph, quote, pilots will notice the difference, end quote. Now, is that pilots like us three? Is that pilots like no. Maxwell? I don't yes. know. I don't think personally yes. that I would notice at all. But I think, you know, if you're an advanced competitor, you know, a hardcore 3D guy that, you know, maybe it's worth checking it out. Um, so what you're saying is most likely I'm not going to have to replace five Neos? Why would you have to replace them? Well, oh, you to said like work with a better, new touch? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. I don't think better, you're going to need to replace them because it's you heard my I, You heard my talk about the upgrade, but I mean, <laughs> if, I mean, my mind tells me that this is better, <laughs> you just going to have to buy five new Neos. I'm just saying. See, I'm not, I'm you know not that way mean? about some things, but when I heard about this new Neo, the way Ralph talked about it, I was like, that's cool. They're keeping, you know, they're keeping up with chip shortages. They're going to make sure the, you know, the supply of Neos stays consistent and they're just, you know, keeping up with current available hardware. So there was no part of me that it. was like, oh, I need that. Like I'm okay. too slow a pilot head speed wise to notice the difference. Dude, I, suspect. I buy so much shit that I don't need. <laughs> Just because it's cool, right? <laughs> I it do doesn't too, matter. Like, I'd rather have a new helicopter than a new Neo that I can't tell the difference about. Yeah, and well, I also that. had to buy a new... And I'm mad because I bought, had to buy okay. a new Neo this week because my other one got static charged and Dude, destroyed itself. We're, we'll talk about that in a second. Let's circle back. <laughs> You're, you, you may not notice a difference, 
right? But every time you fly it, you'll say, there's a, there's a newer version of this controller and I'm not flying it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Versus yeah. when you got the upgrade. Maybe that won't bother you. So you get yeah, that. Maybe upgrade. that won't bother you. You get. <laughs> yeah, so you click well, the upgrade. Why, okay, why you got to do me like this? <laughs> so saying, dude, that's how it's going to go for me. I'm just kidding. I'm just telling you. Bad for my wallet. <laughs> well, hey man, I'm the Pocket Sport feels way better when you look up at the sky and you're doing the S turn and you're like, yeah, that's what that upgraded uh, Neo on there. That's so cool. Dude, that's so much better. I couldn't have done this. I couldn't have done this with the other one. That, so, that was a piece of shit compared to this. My other ones look like question marks, but this looks like an S. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> that's that's where I'd be at. That's totally oh, where I'm going to be at. That yeah. hover looks so locked in compared to last week when I had that last one. Dude, I'm at Nick Maxwell level so, now. Yeah, but, but what we're not looking at is the opposite side of this, right? Like when I totally stuff my helicopter on an auto... And I can turn around to the flight and I go, man, you know, all I need, I, I should have had the faster Neo. I mean, that's, that's right. what I was given yeah. the commands, but the damn thing can't keep up with me. I lost my milliseconds. See, that's, that's I'm, right. I'm going to lose right. that you, you know what? That, that's a good, that's a very good valid point because now we have a built-in excuse when we hit the ground in front exactly. of a bunch of people. And in front of your that's wife. See, I should have got the new one. <laughs> Dang it. I told you. I told you. And you said, no, you already have one. You don't need a new one. Now I need a canopy too, and now blades and grips. Now I need to go buy another whole kit. I could have just spent two hundred and fifty yeah. bucks. Now I need a whole new kit. Are you happy now? <laughs> <laughs> That's totally how that conversation is going to go. Oh goodness! How long am I going to be married? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you want the truth? <laughs> Forever, dude. Forever. I do that. I do once. I do it once. One time. One time. That's what I said. And I've, yeah. I'm still on my first, so. There you go. See? I did it once. <laughs> you did do it once. Yep. Oh, poor Rob. Hey, what do you mean, poor Rob? Rob's got unobstructed heli decision-making. This That's is true. true. This is true. And the place I just That's moved into has got uh, a huge, like, I got two lots. So I have all this space. And then right behind the tree line behind my house, I got to cut a trail in the tree line there. And there's ball fields right there. So I could just walk right out my back door, go to the ball fields and fly. That's awesome. Dude. Nice. Is baseball really big where you live? Because you had a baseball field right across the street from where you used to live. Yeah, I did. <laughs> that, one was, that field was bigger than this one. But yeah, dude, softball is huge around here. And then the kids doing like Broncos and stuff. and But uh so yeah, there's ball fields like Bron all over. Is that a new drug? Broncos, is, is that a new what drug? Is what is that? Broncos. Oh, no, that's a little kid baseball. So Damn, I'm going to be tearing bit. up the sky with some hard sport like crazy and the new neighbors and be like, what the hell is that? <laughs> there's a, well, there's a I couple of- I can't wait to piss off campers. What? I can't wait to piss off the campers on the weekends <laughs> with my wife and I go camping. <laughs> At six o'clock in the morning. I was going <laughs> to say, you got to know the first thing. Yeah. Although they're just not that loud. Although, just hover right above their RVs and shit. Just pick up one of the like early generation of micros with those crazy loud tail motors. Yeah. God, there's an army of mosquitoes out there. You just got to get a, a tiny whoop and FPV around the campground. There you go. Oh, those are so loud and angry sounding. Aren't they though? <laughs> yeah. So is that all the news you got? Or do you got more? That, that's it. That's it for my first edition of the news. Oh, How'd I do? 
God damn, please tell me the, the rest of your news sections won't be this long. Please tell me that. Hey, I think it was good, was, though. That was good, man. It was fun. I'm kidding. I'm only giving you shit. Got to give the FNG some, some, some shit, right? Absolutely. I would expect nothing less from you, Dan. That's the way it's going to go. That's then, what yeah, you that's signed up for. That's fantastic. Thank you, Nick. That's very, very concise, very thorough, very well thought out. Unlike our CHN, but we'll adjust. <laughs> well, this is the first one out of the gate, so you know that's probably all downhill from here. Let's face it. Probably, yeah. It's gonna you're, you're, for the rest of your RCHN career. People are gonna be saying that wasn't as good as the first one, but it'll do. I think most of what it'll they're do. saying after this episode is, "Oh man, it's the wrong Nick." <laughs> it is what. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where where's Justin at? Where's, where's oh by the way, just a, just a we'll give everybody kind of a quick update there. So there was some concern. I had some concern about doing another show. I actually tried to get Justin to come back. He can he considered it, but he he's got a lot going on and he's just not super excited about the hobby. Nick is no way ever going to be flying a. RC helicopter again. He he's kind of a been there, done that, moving on type of guy, and doesn't look back. Yeah, I did, however, have a conversation with both of them, and and um, happy to say that they are uh, excited. And I wasn't necessarily looking for their blessing, but I wanted to know that they were okay with it. And sure enough, they are. So I'm sure at times, uh, as we progress through this uh, new roller coaster of, of a of a ride that will be RCHNV3. I will get both of those guys on the show occasionally to give us a little bit of an update on what they've been doing. Probably Jesse, I don't know. I not really talked to Jesse all that much a couple times over the years, but he's kind of, he's doing the family thing. He's got three kids now. I asked him if he knew what causes that just to make sure. <laughs> and uh, he assures me that he does. But he's, you know, he's kind of, got the white picket fence and he does race cars and drag racing and all that stuff now so that's pretty cool man yeah that's that's, nice. that's the trick man you know a man's just got to find the things that make them happy you know and you know their family is settled their hobbies are good it doesn't matter what they are so kudos to them that's pretty cool yeah yeah no they you know they're both into nick and and uh, Justin are both into mountain climbing. Nick's doing ham radio and Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> the forty-sided die. Uh. <laughs> He's probably really got into Stranger Things. That was probably his jam. Tell me, you guys watch Stranger Things? I do. No, I've not, not seen the latest season, but I do. Yeah, it's good stuff. It is good stuff. I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings on season four, but uh, good show. Got into it. As I mentioned, there's going to be, you know, and as Nick mentioned, uh, it's not gone past us, this this latest Urcha talk that's been happening. We will talk about that. Um, we're actually trying to arrange some interviews with some key people there to, to get both sides of the story if possible, right? And kind of see what things are, you know, what's happening there and, Possible changes. Those of us who have been in the hobby for a long time have always kind of suspected that there might be some less than honorable 
activities happening within Urcha, but it's never really been substantiated, at least talked about, but it um, seems like things might be changing. So we're looking forward to talking about that in upcoming episodes. Once again, the tremendous showing of support that we've seen uh, in the last few days I'm, uh, on Facebook. And uh, speaking of Facebook, uh, both Nick and Rob will be uh, added as admins to the Facebook page. They will be posting occasionally there. Feel free to post there, guys, as much as you want. That's a you know a way to kind of interact with us. We're going to be, you know, we've got some plans. We're not quite sure how it's all going to unfold. I'll give you a quick rundown of kind of what we're looking at here in a second, but new webpage, rchnv3.com. It's pretty basic at the moment, but we're working on bringing some of the features uh, that we had in the version two website over to the new uh, version three website. We'll see. Uh, right now, it's just going to basically be a portal where you can either access our direct RSS feed or potentially some people used to just go and hit the play button. There's going to be a media player. You can watch it or listen to it straight off the web page. Alternatively, we're looking at syndicating into a couple different podcatchers. We are not haven't got those details worked out as of this recording, but hopefully we have them worked out soon because we want to get this show released. Uh, initially, most likely you're going to find us on Podbean, just the easiest and quickest, obviously iTunes. And I did have a question. Can we, are we going to be able to stream into the existing RCHN, I guess, what do they call them? Their, uh, channels. I'm not sure what they call them on iTunes, but if you have a subscription to the version two, unfortunately you're not, it's not going to translate over mainly because I forgot the password. <laughs> True Shocking. story. <laughs> Shocking. I know, right? I mean, so, did, did not Nick and Justin and Jesse keep all your passwords for you by the end there? Uh, dude, they don't know. I, I asked, they kind of got tired of me sending them messages. I'm like, hey, uh, you know, I know we used to have like a shared drive with a lot of different information about the show. Like, I was looking for like all the old music that I paid for and, and this, that, and the other. And they kind of just like, dude, seriously, I don't know where any of that shit is. Stop asking me. <laughs> so, you know, don't know where any of it is. Uh, we got some of it back. I was able to locate some of it. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll get it sorted out. Uh, iTunes, I, you know, we're going to try to syndicate to a couple different podcatchers, uh, some of the more popular ones. And unfortunately, you will have to resubscribe to those or you can just get it straight. You know, you can, I'm not sure if you have, uh, People would subscribe to our own RSS, which is independent of, of iTunes and or Podbean or any other podcatchers out there. But uh, anyway, that RSS will be available. It'll just be right on the webpage. That's kind of about it. I'm going to talk, I guess I mentioned as kind of what the plan is moving forward. Kind of the, the first thing that we're going to do is uh, obviously get the uh, syndication of, of the various podcatchers sorted out. That'll be this week. Get this show out. Hopefully in the next couple of days from today is Sunday, as Nick mentioned, by Wednesday. So hopefully it's Wednesday when you're listening to this. I'm not sure if it will be. Then the webpage we're going to integrate. You know we're going to we're going to somehow integrate the citizen numbers into that webpage so people can search and look up their citizen number with your name or email. Get your number if you want it. Then we're going to talk about how we're going to replace those that have lost or otherwise 
destroyed. I might be one of those. I know I was using mine as an ice scraper in the winter. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's a dual purpose. Uh, we're going to get that sorted out. Then we're going to resume once that kind of feels like it's under control. We're going to resume getting those to those who never didn't get a chance to get a number back in the day. I'm not sure of that time frame. I'm hoping to have that all sorted out in the next month. We're going to, you know, we're, we're going to kind of stick to the weekly show form that we always have done. Uh, release dates aren't going to be as important as they were. I know everybody was looking at the Monday, but it just doesn't work out uh, with schedules and not giving up weekends and stuff like that to get the show out. So I don't know what day that's going to be. We'll try to release it on the same day. It all depends upon when we can get it get it out there. But at some point, we're going to reach some level of consistency. So you'll know uh, approximately, or most likely you'll know the day that it's supposed to be released. There is one person, you know, I've been thanking people. Uh, I, I have to talk about James Cadiz. Everybody knows Brother James. He um, He's a big supporter of RCHN, always has been. Uh, he's he is part of the reason why you're still able to access version two shows. He's still part of the reason why you can still access the version two website. And on top of that, he's been a, a very positive and um, supportive person of, or person for me personally. He, you know, he's, he's always been there and, and willing to talk about this, that, and the other. And, and when I was talking Oh, I don't know, two, three months ago about rerunning RCHN. The first thing he said was, absolutely, there's no question that you should do that. <laughs> you know, he's been trying to get me to do something like this for quite some time. In fact, you guys might remember, I know the listeners do, we had Ken Salloway, Salois, as I call him, Salloway, who uh, was a very uh, active member of the RCHN crew, passed away uh, in 2018. Um, before that he and James and I were, uh, considering doing, uh, another show, another podcast that kind of focused on, uh, veterans issues in particular suicide, but James, thank you so much for all your support over the years and, and your continued support to get the version three up and going. I know, you know, as uh, you know, a lot of you probably won't directly get to see, James's input and, and support into the show. Cause it's kind of a behind the scenes. Uh, we will have him on the show whenever he wants to come on, to be honest with you. He, he's, he's a good guy. And thank you, James, for, for all the support. And we're, you know, I'm looking forward to getting back into the, into the groove and reconnecting with a lot of, a lot of friends um, that I've made over the years through the podcast. And I'm looking forward to working with, Nick and Rob, as we grow this show into um, something spectacular, and I'm pretty sure that's going to be exactly what it becomes. Yeah, buddy. Right All on. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. So now, you guys, if you wanted to get in touch with me, you could reach me at dan at rchnv3.com. I'm also on Facebook, Dan K. Reed, and you can also leave a message on RCHN. I got to change that because I think it says RCHNV2 on that, but I got to look into that. Anyway. Facebook page. Rob, you got to be able to pull this off. You did it every time in years past. But if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? So here's what you got to do. If you want to get a hold of me, it's pretty easy. Um, just go to the movies. It doesn't really matter which movie you're going to watch. Just go in there. And about a third of the way through the movie, 
just randomly start standing up and clapping really loud at inappropriate times and just do that for the whole movie. And eventually somebody's going to post on Facebook about some jackhole that was clapping at the movies. And I'll end up seeing that and I'll know that that's somebody that secretly wants to ask me a question. And then I'll reach out to you and see what you want. Um, otherwise, if you want to do it the old school way, you could just reach me at rob at rchnv3.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook. I'm on uh, NextGenRC on Facebook or NextGenRC on Instagram. Um, Excellent. Good job. How about you, Nick? If I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you can hit me at nickwisdom at rchnv3.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at nickwisdomrc. What Instagram? What, do I have to sign up for more social media shit? I mean, I'm on the Facebook already. <laughs> well, hey, let's man. start with getting your, your hellies into this century, and then we'll worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll work on social media. Excellent. I don't know, man. I don't know. TikTok? Yeah. Is that a thing? Oh, I don't That's do that. Thing, I'm right? too old for that. Uh, okay. Screw that shit. All righty, guys. Well, we sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We'll see you next time. See you later. Have a good week, all. Bang, 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 bang,